Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 155. If there's anything that's going to bring us down, it's going to be the Jaeger shots at 10am. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Oh, yes. <laughs> and to my right, Brett too soon to be hungover Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Yes, I'm still drunk. <laughs> That's great. If you're in Alma Park at 10 o'clock this morning, you may have seen Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even, uh, you know, talk about that anymore than we already have. Let's talk about what we have on the show, because it's a huge show and we need to get through it all. And oh, and we are here early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here on a Sunday. It's a day off. Mm, we came straight from church. Or baseball. As is the case. Man, we sucked so much. Uh, We have James Talia calling in from the Europe uh, later on in the show. We've also got a a little talk of board games. Television-related board games. games. We're uh, going to have a a little chat about Louis Theroux as well. You may have seen his stuff on Channel 7 late at night. We've got some letters to box cutters. We've got the winner of last week's quiz and a brand new quiz question. From our celebrity quiz master. Celebrity quiz master. We might mm-hmm. finish it off with some pork. But as always, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Channel 7 television boss David Leckie has resigned from the board of Free TV Australia. You see what I did there? I said resigned, and it's really I expected gasps from you two, but I got nothing. Because we're in in the... I think think at the other end of the the little headphone earbuds, there are gasps all over over the the world. But then then I, I finished it up with Free TV Australia, and everyone goes, oh, well, who cares about that? David Leckie has resigned from the board of Free TV Australia after he was outvoted in polls twice to place two ads in major newspapers beginning a negative campaign against subscription television. Mm. The uh, vote apparently uh, proposed to approve two full-page colour ads to appear in Wednesday 29th and Thursday 30th of October newspapers, and uh, they would have cost $25,000 each, and they apparently were going to compare pay TV's audience figures and share of television viewing with free TV. Ooh, yeah, no, what, a, what a harsh ad campaign. I would have voted against Lecky as well. It yeah. just seems, yeah, waste what of a, money. What a, everyone, Starting the obvious. Yeah, everyone no, knows. But, but no, he's thrown his hands up in the air and gone, well, that's it. Mm. If you're not going to play with me, I'm not going to play with you. And he's pissed off. It's a bit of a hissy fit, isn't it? I would have spent the money on hookers and beer. Ah, mm. nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, in other resignations, uh, you may have heard that David Tennant has said goodbye to Doctor Who. Um, this is Not our fault. Not <laughs> our fault. <laughs> yes, that's funny. There's this belief on the blog that we have some kind of anti-Midas touch and everything we, we, we re- reference to dies. So um, After the X-list uh, the X-list, uh, last week. Miracle Man. I mean, we're, we're trying to be middle man. We still haven't heard, but, you know, we can be fairly certain. <laughs> <coughs> Harvey, yeah, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Harvey never writes man. anymore. I know. Um, yeah, uh, Tennant said, there's an interesting quote here, basically says he loves the show. He's, I mean, he is a fan. He's an old school fan who, who basically got the gig. Um, he says, I loved every day of it. I'd be willing to, um, it would be very easy to cling on to the Titus console forever. And I fear that if I don't take a deep breath and make the decision to move on now, I simply never will. Hey, he's, got, he's got his sci-fi mixed up there. 
Because Klingons are from Star Trek. <laughs> hey! You see what I did there? That's good. See what I did? Josh is here all week Thanks. to try the veal. Um, William Hill, the betting agency, has their odds on uh, for the next Doctor. So if you wanted to go online, I believe you can now place money betting on who will be the lead in a science fiction television ooh, 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 series. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He's a, he's a great James Bond. Who um, didn't make Doctor. the list, sadly. No, not on here. Although they've got Jonathan Jane, Ross, James McAvoy down at six to one. I can't imagine. He's a film star. He's making films. Yeah, he doesn't have time. Um, the the leads at the moment five to two is David Morrissey, who was in Hillary and Jackie's State of Play, clocking off. Um, he's in the Christmas special called The Next Doctor, so that could be some kind of hint. <laughs> um, and Patterson Joseph is three to one. Patterson Joseph is my my fingers crossed choice. Um, fantastic actor who was in Neverwhere. He plays the boss in Peep Show. Um, what else has he been in? He was in Doctor Who, oddly enough, in the first series. He's black, is what I'm not yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. If I say that, oh. everyone will go, oh, Patterson Joseph. But, oh, you no, know. I, still, I still don't know who, who you're talking about. He's but brilliant. In Peep Show, he's like this super charismatic manager dude. Yeah, right. everything yeah. he plays, he's such a charismatic guy. He's just got, yeah. What great. about John Pertwee? I'd really like to see John Pertwee uh, play Doctor uh, Who. Digging up John Pertwee and reanimating his corpse, that's in a 160 to 1. So uh, he's still in is there. Is he dead? Is John Pertwee dead? <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah, right. Quite a while. Oh. Sorry, sorry to break that to you, Josh. So that, that, uh, that Wurzel Gummidge... Spoiler. That Wurzel Gummidge reunion. <laughs> not that happening. I've been wanting, right. Not happening. Right. Uh, well, so David Tennant not doing Doctor Who. Another Doctor, we're just going to wait. You know the thing, the thing I have about Doctor Who? Okay, he only had... 12 regenerations. Mm-hmm. How many has he had thus far? Uh, um, uh, 15. Tenant's number 10. Are so, sure? 13. 13 is the humble number. Tenant's 10 of the officially, you know, stamped by the BBC to exist ones. We're not, okay. not counting Peter Cushing in the movies. Or uh, I'm such a geek. The minute you say that, you go, oh, I know, I know I was going to ask about Peter Cushing much. in, uh, I believe it's Daleks 2000 AD. Yeah. 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 Anyway, hi, Brett hi. I can't I can't think of any way to link uh, that and this next story. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> Andrew uh, Denton hey, has announced <laughs> Speaking of people <laughs> Andrew Denton off the back of uh, announcing that uh, this year's Enough Rope would be his last, presenting on the uh, ABC chat show, um, has announced that he has a new project that he's uh, working on for Foxtel's The Comedy Channel, um, which will be called 30 Seconds, an eight-part satirical drama set in the advertising industry. Um, now this okay, because is- 30 seconds, like, you can't actually set the IQ to record for only 30 seconds. Ah, so, so we'll go for longer than that? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, eight-part, uh, I guess, half-hour things. And uh, the the advertising agency that worked with him on uh, the Gruen transfer um, is also involved in this project. And that was uh, Three Drunk Monkeys or whatever they're called. <laughs> well, that's, of course, it's no, eight, no, seriously, eight, it's, eight it's parts of like 30 that. seconds. Eight parts of 30 seconds would be four minutes, wouldn't it? It's a four-minute show. That's the whole thing. The whole goes thing goes for four minutes, but you can boil an egg to it, and that's an interesting <laughs> new approach for television. I, that is, that is a very interesting new approach. Denton, Over eight weeks, though. Denton just breaks. He breaks ground all the time. He's an amazing guy. In uh, in tiny news, and really, this is uh, tiny. Channel Seven's already pulled it. I, I wonder if this will make them change their minds about it, though. NBC has picked up Kath and Kim for a full season. Mm. Mm. That's surprising, isn't it? That surprises me. They've, they've really been kind of 
sinking the boot into the US version with their advertising of, of our original Gath and Kimber back. Yeah. So, Which, you know, is, is kind of a, still an paid. exercise in saving face. Yeah, but they've still paid for the American one, haven't they? I mean, they've paid the yeah, money they, for they've it. Paid so, for it. Yeah, so they're just going, that show's crap. They didn't, Come watch it in summer. They didn't, <laughs> yeah, they didn't get it on consignment. Yeah, yeah, they can't send it back. <laughs> no. Like, this isn't selling. No, they've, they've got it. I mean, they, the great thing, though, is, uh, is uh, Riley and Turner will be uh, doing uh, public burnings of piles of cash because uh, they will have that to do. Uh, so if you want to see their next show, uh, Burning Piles of Cash, you can. It's good on them. I mean, it's fantastic and so rare for an Australian show to get remade as a, as a US show and for NBC to, to pick it up for full season, despite the fact that it rated worse in the States than it did here in Australia. Oh, that was in your, your proportional representation, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it in your per head of population? Yeah. It's a, yeah. You've, you've it, got about ten times the, the audience right. over there. So, yes. and it, so it, it kind of does uh, does add up. And, and yeah, so it, it did rate better in Australia. But no, Channel 7 pulled it, and, uh, and NBC have gone, we'll have it, thank you very much. Uh, good luck to everyone. Right. Um, speaking of Australian shows, pops up in here, American remakes of Australian shows. Uh, King of the Hill's been cancelled. That's not a remake of an Australian show. <sighs> But no. the animation King of the Hill, um, 13th season, which I, I was kind of odd, but apparently they're doing more than two seasons in a year. They, they have done more than two seasons in mm-hmm. some years. So. Oh, they've been going since 97? 97, that's been running. Um, according to Dinner Geek, it, was actually the, it is the second longest running primetime animated show after The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cancelled after the 10th season, but it got taken back because um, I think DVD sales and that sort of thing, but definitely axed now. Uh, it's on Fox. It says Fox has other animated shows lined up to take its place. Family Guy spin-off, The Cleveland Show. Oh, because that's all the world needs is another Family Guy spin-off. Yes, uh, American Dad for a, for a fifth series. Um, but it also says Arrested Development creator Mitch, Mitch Hurwitz's animated series Sit Down, Shut Up is also going ahead. Now, that's the one I believe is actually... Based on, Based the, on Australian. the Australian show. Yeah, and I wondered about that because from what I've read, it sounds an awful lot like Brockwell High, the, um, the English animated show. And I kind of wondered... Yeah, I'm, yeah. This is be off the top of my head. Whether it's cheaper to buy the rights to an Australian failed show and turn it into a cartoon, so that to the yeah to the one rather than buying the actual cartoon animated show about a just off the top of my head. Well, it, thought. Did you have you seen any of uh, Sit Down Shut Up? No, I, I was overseas when it happened. I'd never heard of it, so I, I don't know. Hey, that's most of the Australian viewing population. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, I'm just like but, yeah. Uh, we all say, oh no, we were overseas. Like, it has turned up at two a.m. on uh, Channel Seven, I think. Uh-huh. Really? It was Channel little. Ten, wasn't it? Or was oh, late for school? Been. Late for school was Channel Ten. I don't know. It's confusing. But uh, the the relationship between King of the Hill and Sit Down Shut Up, uh, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, who are both uh, co-creators of King of the Hill, are also going to be working with Mitch Hurwitz on Sit Down Shut Up. So, okay. so they'll they'll be busy. They're not unemployed. They're not they're not unemployed. They won't I, be at Centrelink. Yeah. Uh, King of the Hills has had a great run and is still a, a quality show. Mm. And staff found out about King of the Hill being axed on Thursday. And uh, they're still hoping that it might come back because Fox Network does have a tendency to cancel animated shows and then go, why haven't you turned up for work? <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, so so that might still be happening. But I, if, if I believe not, Chances did the same thing, yes. actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's why Chainsaw's had vampires in it by the end. Because they were just like, what? Who knows? We might get canned, we might not. Uh, The the thing is, if you can pick up King of the Hill on on DVD, and I know you can, do so. It is an excellent animated series, despite what Ross McQueen thinks. Right. Any more news? Yes. Brett uh, Brett has more news. Channel 10 are to to announce that uh, they'll be launching a 24-hour sports channel on uh, Channel 1, which is their high... They are going to announce. Yes. This is the pre-announcement announcement. announcement. This is uh, from Carolyn Wilson's exclusive report in The Age the other day, um, which reads a little bit like uh, the press release. It's actually, actually, uh, Brett, it's been announced now. It has been? It has been announced. Well, yes, Has there been is... an announcement about the announcement, I've seen, though? I've seen the... Uh, what, have we had confirmation about the announcement of the pre-announcement, or just <laughs> no, no, the announcement of the announcement? Is, this is the announcement that the announcement happened. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've seen the logo. I'm off to the post-announcement party, if you want to come. It's great. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brett, where are we going with that? Um, oh, that's it. Uh, the ch- Channel 10 have uh, picked up the... Australian rights to uh, Australian swimming of some sort, not uh, actually specific. US uh, NBA basketball just, and US just kids at their aunt's pool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's water related. We know that. And Major League Baseball, um, they also hold the rights to the US Open golf and tennis championships and the US Masters. I hope they don't um, take baseball away from Foxtel. Why is that? It's free to wear. Everybody can have it. Only people who have HD. HD boxes can have it. Which, I wonder I wonder how those figures stack up. I wonder if there's more people with HD, HD boxes, boxes than, than on Foxtel. Well, yeah, and, and so does that count as, uh, as free-to-air if... Being a, if people, people need to be given a reason to get HD. Oh, sure. There needs, and, there uh, needs, to, there and, needs to be compelling content. And but it's going to end up being there. So, so it's not like people are going to be locked out forever unless they pay 100 bucks a month. True. Yeah, just uh, you know, I've only just recently gotten into the baseball and uh, and quite enjoying the fact that I have access to to major league baseball games when I never have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now to think that that's going to be taken away from me so soon uh, is uh, is quite upsetting. Mm. Anyway, you mm. know, that's not until next year, so <sighs> great considering that there's no baseball between now and next year. Well, <laughs> sorted. <laughs> and that is the box cutters news. Hi, I'm Adam Zouar. You might recognise my voice from ads for Ford, Australia Post and HBA. Or maybe from the phone calls I make to your house late at night. That's right. I make phone calls to your house late at night. I'm Adam Zouar. And you're listening to Box Cutters. And you're listening to the dulcet tones of James Talia all the way from London town. How are you, James? I know, it was definitely from the HBA ads, actually. <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, very, very well, very well. Now, can you, can you tell me, James, what do you have against Andrew Sachs? What is your, what is your problem with Andrew Sachs, really? I don't have a problem with him. It just came from the time when I slept with his granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mistake we can all make. Now, <laughs> yeah, some have. Of course, uh, this this week in England, uh, two uh, prominent BBC radio presenters uh, who, who are also also have uh, television history, uh, Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross got into a, a little bit of trouble with the uh, 83-year-old Andrew Sachs. Do you want to explain a little bit more, James? 
But it's just been an absolute circus. This is one of those stories that comes out of nowhere and it kind of, it appears, in this case, inevitably in the Mail on Sunday, which is that kind of confected outrage type newspaper. And before you know it, it's the biggest story in the country. Quite bizarre. Now, I don't know if this has been getting much of a run down there in the papers, but Jonathan Ross is effectively the... Um, one of the most famous, certainly one of the highest paid TV and radio personalities in Britain. He, he is and actually the, the highest, he, he is the person paid most by the BBC. He's on a, like a £10 million contract. Reportedly, yes. The contract is amazingly, because you can't, the, the ABC would never be able to do this. The contract is apparently £18 million over three years. So that's £6 million quid a year to do stuff that. Now, a lot of people think this isn't very funny or very cutting-edge anymore. Um, Jonathan Ross hosts a uh, Friday night uh, chat show called Friday Night with Jonathan Ross. Uh, on See what they did there? Yeah, clever. Yeah. Uh, you're real clever, real clever, because it's edgy, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Russell Brand is a, an allegedly funny stand-up comedian who also had a uh, Saturday night show on Radio 2, another of the BBC's radio programs, and this is where they got into strife. Jonathan Ross was a guest on Russell Brand's radio show, pre-recorded two days before it was meant to be going out, and they made a series of prank calls to Andrew Sachs, who was a much-loved 78-year-old comedic performer, best known, I think, uh, certainly in Australia, but also here too, as the man who played Manuel in Faulty Towers. You remember Manuel? Yes, and, and unfortunately, it's yeah. the, uh, the the role that uh, that ended his career essentially because because uh, people couldn't uh, remove him from that character. He played I, it so I, well. I don't think Andrew Sachs, you know, has had a truncated career though. He's he's actually been in a lot of stuff since then. He's he's you know, and as a stage he's, actor, he's worked and, a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's worked, he's, he's worked a lot on stage, but couldn't mm-hmm. not television. Couldn't get. Uh, television gigs after that. I'm sure long they, time. They, they would, no one would cast him in anything until, unless they could, you know, give him the line, Ke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, so, that's pretty much it. Anyway, uh, long story short, uh, Russell Brand is this grubby bloke. That he and Jonathan Ross uh, called Andrew Sachs three times, left messages on his uh, answering machine saying that Russell Brand had slept with Andrew Sachs' granddaughter. They didn't put it quite as delicately as I did just then. And uh, somehow this was allowed to go to air. Now, um, now and, Andrew uh, Sachs' granddaughter is a, a 23-year-old model, is that right? Uh, model is stretching it. I <laughs> right. think probably ambition to be a page three girl and currently dancing or performing with a burlesque troupe called the Satanic Sluts. Oh, I, lo- classy, I, love, classy. I love the fact, James, you just put air quotes around burlesque troupe. <laughs> <laughs> you basically went, well, yeah, burlesque troupe in itself t- tells us surely what we need to know. But no, no, you had to go but one step surely, if you're not Dita Von Teese, then you deserve air quotes around burlesque, right? <laughs> Everyone else is pretending. So uh, it's, it's, it gets stranger and stranger. Apparently there was some dalliance between Russell Brand and uh, this girl Georgina Bailey. At some point in the past, um, Russell Brand decided to tell the whole world that while telling her grandfather that. Um, and, uh, and, and this led to the outrage. The outrage only became worse once it was established that this thing was pre-recorded two days before it went to air, therefore had gone through any number and levels of BBC producers and had been approved to go to air. This uh, is 
is just perfect fodder for people who hate the BBC. And, uh, <laughs> I've got to say that, James, I mean, I, I've listened to it, and it's... Uh, yeah, maybe I'm a bad man. I thought it was quite funny. I mean, you know, in, in a kind of sub-triple R kind of American Rosso kind of way. And yeah, the problem is, it's even it's not even American Rosso bad, John. It's kind of you know it's that strand of really uh, smutty schoolboy British humour that just doesn't do a lot for me at all, and mm-hmm. it, it's just I just find to be really juvenile. It's not. Uh, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, sound like you know someone's dad now. It's just not particularly funny, is it? <laughs> I mean, and also, I don't know why I'm trying to defend them really, but um, uh, I, from what I could tell from the tape was that they were meant to be interviewing Andrew Sachs. Is that right? And they got his, they were getting his answering machine when they were actually expecting to get him to do an interview. I, I, I understand that's the case. Yes, that's right. So um, I mean, they didn't, they didn't deliberately set out to go, hey, let's call up Andrew Sachs and tell him some funny things about his granddaughter. No, I don't think they did. It's not as though they, they plucked his phone number out of the records somewhere with the sole intent of uh, <laughs> offending him and his whole family uh, on national radio. That was just a bonus. Uh, that's, that's the way it worked out in the spur of the moment. But but it, it escalates beyond this, doesn't it, James? Because the, the BBC is, a, a of course, a, a government-run broadcaster. So do, do you want to tell us what happened well, next? More importantly, it's publicly funded. Mm. As we've discussed before, there's the, the licence fee you pay to have a television in your house and all that money goes to the BBC. We're talking about billions of pounds a year. So the pressures started really building on BBC management. The Director-General had been on holidays in Italy. He had to scramble back quickly, at which point he uh, suspended both Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand for uh, the foreseeable future. Russell Brand ended up resigning from the network. Uh, Jonathan d- Ross now has been suspended without pay for three months um, and uh, there's some speculation that he just may not be able to recover from that how do you get back on air after being off there for three months the supposedly in disgrace and uh, so this also uh, includes any television commitments as well so uh, so Jonathan That's Ross right. is, is, is not able to do any television commitments for the next three months which is three That's months right. of prime viewing in England it is. It is. We're coming into winter now. Obviously, it is. It's. Uh, it's prime time, as it were. And uh, his show on Friday nights has some four million viewers. He also has his own Radio Two show, which goes out on Saturday mornings, which has more than three million listeners. So he's he's a household name here, comfortably. He's probably. I've been trying to find a find a comparison in Australia if, I don't know, if, if, if Rove did something considered to be unbelievably bad and was taken off air very conspicuously by Channel 10 for three months, or if, you know, if back in the day Don Lane had been dumped from doing his show on Channel 9, his Tonight Show. We're, we're talking that level of fame yeah. um, for Jonathan Ross. He's, he's really that big. So, James, do you, do you think this media reaction in the UK uh, has been... Um, sort of in proportion to what happened, or is this really? Do you think uh, just a chance? It's about something else, and people are using the opportunity to get into the BBC. No, the, yeah, with the BBC, I think it's always about something else, John. Um, groups like um, the Daily Mail group um, never miss an opportunity to give the BBC a kicking. I think it's probably fair to say that the Murdoch newspapers here in Britain have been doing likewise. It's Rupert Murdoch's views on the BBC being a a taxpayer-funded lurk um, are well known. There was there's a lot of disquiet about Jonathan Ross's contract anyway, whether or not 
licence fee payers should be stumping up 18 million quid over three years for one person, um, but that they have the financial clout to do that, that it kind of um, skews the market a bit, that perhaps the commercial stations can't afford to pay that much for, for talent like that and, and in a bidding war. So there's all these other things feeding into it, which has made it quite fascinating because even more or in a different way than it is, than it is in Australia, it's... Um, there's a unique way in which certain elements in British society love to give the BBC a kicking, and this has just been gold for them. How, how do they justify paying a, a presenter that much money? How, how have the BBC dealt with that? Well, they've always denied that figure anyway, and then they've refused to discuss it any further. Right. So they don't attempt to justify it. Jonathan Ross doesn't do himself many favours. Not long after he signed that contract, and that was the figure that was uh, that was being reported, um, that was around the same time the BBC was laying off uh, a lot of uh, people from their news uh, departments across the networks, and he made the comment publicly, I think it was meant to be funny, that he was now worth a 1,000 BBC journalists a year. Um, oh. oh, man. <laughs> This is allegedly Jonathan Ross's edgy comedy, but uh, that didn't go down very well with the National Union of Journalists, among others, as you can imagine. That's uh, that, that's terrible, and, and also there there has been. See what what I always love, and this happened in Australia with Big Brother, is when something happens on TV or on radio that so shocks a nation that they need to talk about it in Parliament. Well, exactly, and and really, this thing didn't gain proper traction until the opposition leader and then the prime minister were asked to comment, and clearly had no choice but to say, "Well, that's it's horrible, and we can't have that sort of thing going on on public broadcasting, and something must be done about it. There has to be an investigation." At that point, once you've got the PM weighing in, it was difficult for the B to not do something to to this pair. Has Andrew Sachs made any comment? Andrew Sachs has said that he's grateful for the apology he's now received. He's a performer as well and understands how sometimes things can get out of hand. The things certainly did get out of hand, but he accepts the apology and he hopes that uh, Ross and Brand can learn from this and move on. But he's he's been very uh, magnanimous in public because he hasn't had to go out of his way to uh, give him a hard time. Everyone else has been doing that. You've had a pretty hard month as well because you've... Uh uh, you've been over in uh, Europe proper, uh, fi- finding dead girls' bodies. So is my understanding. Uh, yes. Yeah, I spent uh, almost three weeks in Dubrovnik working on the Brit Lapthorn story, um, which was uh, obviously not particularly pleasant. Uh, um, I guess I was a little surprised at how big it became in Australia. We were just reporting it without necessarily realising how much people were sort of tapping into it initially. But, um, uh, you know, it was it was very sad. And obviously her, her father and brother were in Dubrovnik as well. And um, we were dealing with them every day, which was, uh, which was difficult for them and us, I think. Um, obviously more difficult for them than us, let me hasten to add. But um, it was just one of those very sad stories that comes up every now and then. And unfortunately, not a happy ending in any way on that one. And so over there, it's all just case closed. It's it's been put away. No, the um, her body was returned to Melbourne, and the Victorian coroner had agreed to conduct a second autopsy. Yeah, the result of the the Croatian autopsy was uh, well offered no theories at all about what may have happened to her, and obviously her family would like more answers than that if they can get them. So they're now relying on the on the Australian authorities to try to provide them. 
Really interesting uh, piece that you wrote for The Australian, James, where you talked about the role the media played in Dubrovnik uh, going between uh, the Australian government, uh, the, the, uh, the government over there and, uh, and the family and how no one other than the media were actually giving the, the family answers. Is that a situation that happens often in these uh, foreign scenarios? Because I, I would have thought that often the, uh, the media just have to wait until uh, announcements come and, uh, and uh, find out a- as things happen and would, ha- and would find out after the family finds out. Uh, or, or Generally, are- that's the case. So, yeah. so, I mean, is, so this is a, an anomaly that you've had to play counsellor. Well, to an extent, I don't want to overstate that. I think it would be wrong to make out that that we were doing nothing but playing counsellor. Clearly, we needed to be filing stories as well. So there's there's self interest for the journalists who are there. But I think you, you're not a human being if you don't start to. Um, if you don't start to feel very badly for a family in this kind of situation, especially when it's the media having to go to them to say, listen, the police have just held a press conference where they've said X, Y and Z. They've also said they're not going to call you about it until they have it properly confirmed scientifically. Um, that's, that was a pretty unrealistic media stance. That was the nature of the piece that I wrote for the Oz, which was for the media section, so it was obviously focusing on the media issues. Yep. Um, but it's just... Um, not paying any heed to the modern media world of the 24-hour news cycle and stuff being on newspaper websites very, very quickly indeed to leave a family hanging for days on end without answers when clearly they're going to hear um, about what's going on and they should be hearing it from the police. That was one of the most difficult tasks we had there was having to go to the family and effectively break news to them. Um, which is something that I think the point I made was I can't imagine that happening anywhere in Australia ever. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's extraordinary, and uh, and I think the the coverage that came out of Dubrovnik was uh, was, was fantastic, uh, and did keep people at home informed as well. So uh, you know, if, if you if you see anyone else uh, from there, give them a, a pat on the back from box cutters. Definitely, you bet. Uh, Will do. James, we'll uh, we'll speak to you in a month's time. Absolutely. Uh, are, are you are you coming back to Australia? You're staying in London. It's all up in the air. I, I, no, no, no. I have. Uh, I'm, I'm technically on holidays now, although I'm going to be uh, undertaking some news gathering duties in the next couple of weeks on specific stories. But otherwise, I'm uh, mainly on holiday. I'm going to be staying in Europe for the next few weeks before I come back to Melbourne. Oh, n- nice one. Well, uh, we'll we look forward to hearing from you from uh, a beach on Ibiza in December. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have my itinerary. Good. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, it's Ibiza and slappers and slappers in Ibiza and then home. <laughs> yep, that sounds like a plan. Yeah, Excellent. nice, nice. All right, we'll Thank speak you. to you later, James. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Hi, this is Vince. As you know, I get to do a lot of dancing on the show, especially rap dancing. But now it's your turn. Here's a little bit of music for you to dance to, and everyone pay attention, because you all get to vote. Are you right? Here we go. Get down. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> but I don't really know what... what, what are, John, you've, you've brought this in. What, what in the good name of television... Are we listening well, to? Well, yeah, as you guys know, I, I do a lot of dancing on the show, especially rap dancing. <laughs> you do. I you, do. I always... wish 
I wish people at home could see it. It's always a pain in the ass, though. You have to come in with that great big slab of cardboard. Yeah, and so hard to mic. Very, very... Oh, yes. Yay! <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you, you know what? I'm, I, I'm a little bit sick of having to just stop segments halfway through so you could do a little bit of electric shock. <laughs> And then get back into it. Uh, that, that, that is actually from... Um, uh, I, I've been doing a lot of research into board games based on TV shows recently. Because I'm, I'm doing a... We'll be doing a series of reviews on them on my website. Because this is your life now. Because that's what people really want to know. Is, you know, what are 20-year-old TV-themed board games like to play? That is from the Young Talent Time game. Um, <laughs> right. Which... which Look, the Young Talent Team game, the idea is that you, you get to play a member of the Young Talent Team. You move your, your, your card around the, uh, the board, and um, there are challenges on a cassette. Remember cassettes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We actually had a hell of a time finding a cassette player to play this game. I'm, I'm celebrating you know, old uh, you know, formats that no longer live. And actually, even here at Triple R, we had to go and remove a tape deck from one of the studios to play that. <laughs> like, it's just no one has tapes anymore. Um, so you travel around and you get these challenges. And the idea is that you perform various you know, stunts and things and it's all fun. And, and the other team players give you scores. Like at the gymnastics, they hold up uh, little cards. And the first person to 100 is the winner of the game. Or as we decided to call it, 50. Because it's such a tedious <laughs> bloody game. It's awful. It's an awful, awful, awful game. Um, and it's curious, in the cards, there's this, it has this interesting thing exclusive to this game. There's a card that's called the Game Over card. Mm. And when that card gets revealed, the game just stops immediately. And I reckon there were mothers around the country secretly moving that up to the very <laughs> top of the pack. <laughs> oh, seventh card, Game Over. Never mind. Um, and it, it has that's... a board, but the board's mostly irrelevant because the, the objective is just to land on the cassette squares to play the tape. So, in fact, you could just go one after the other playing them and um and you so, get so challenges such as happens, that one what happens when you don't land on a cassette square um then you you wait to roll again to land on a cassette <laughs> square. oh i see so so someone could conceivably get two challenges in a row because nobody else landed on a cassette square. they could they could also they could get more points for doing their kookaburra impersonation better or um or, or humming while holding their nose. That one's actually quite hard to do, incidentally. You should try that at home. H- humming while holding... Humming a tune while holding your nose closed. Because yeah. I, can, I can hum There's while no holding your nose. <laughs> no, you have to hold your nose. Oh, no. You've got your glasses on I'm as well, Jacko. Wi- I'm not willing to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, this was, this was the first of the games I, I played. I also like to point out, um, anyone buying on eBay, when they say it's in pristine condition, sometimes they lie. Aww. Um... Although we did manage to get the tape to play properly here. Playing it at home, it sounded like they were all underwater. Um, and there's another thing. If, if the voice on the tape matches the person you've got on your token, you get a bonus five points. But of course, not knowing who any of the people on the tokens were, apart from Johnny Young and a very young Danny Minogue, we were kind of a bit uh, stumped. Uh, Danielle? No, no, no Karen Knowles? Possibly. I don't think so. Though. I think she'd gone by that Sally point. Boyden? Uh, no, she's a lead character in, sh- in a cabaret. <laughs> Tiny Tina Arena. I, I couldn't work out if Tina was there. A lot of big hair, a lot of mullets. Right. A lot of mullets. All look the same. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of obvious Danielle, as she was known there, we have, here's a question for you from Danielle Minogue. Hi, this is Danielle. You may not know it, but Eskimos have an unusual way of kissing. You see, they rub noses. So turn to the person on your right and give them an Eskimo kiss. And then you can add five points to your score. 
why don't why don't I just keep doing that? Wreck myself. I'll do that twenty times and get hundred points and win the game. The, the music's so beautifully eighties, though. It's it's so exquisitely eighties. That's fair. It's um, I, I think I think it's taken straight from Val Morgan <laughs> in cinema <laughs> advertising. So this is interesting because the, the, the objective of this was when I was a kid, um, we had lots of board games, but uh, we never had kind of the six million dollar band game. Those sort of the, the, the full guy Jigs of Hazard. Those were the kind of games I wanted to, to look at for this series. I'll be running. And so I started to find those games, and of course they're all millions of dollars as collectibles now. Yes. But you can find things like the Young Talent Time game. The other one we played the other night was, uh, hang on, I forgot what it's called now, the Saddle Club Horse Jumping game. <laughs> 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 which, which was surprisingly good. <laughs> that's, oh, really? That's actually how quite they, fun. They, how do they get the horses in the box? They, they have to compress them really, really small and make them out of plastic. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they're they vacuum sealed, water so they, they just suck all the air out of a, out of a horse. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, if you're looking for these games, there's a surprising number of Australian TV shows have had board games based on them in the 70s and 80s, particularly. I think board games must have been huge in Australia and, and everything got a board game. There's a there's Neighbours game. There's a, um, a Hey Hey It's Saturday. There is a Hey Hey It's Saturday game. Yep. There's um, two Home and Away games because uh, with it's odd with with games are uh, licensed for certain regions, yeah, certain yes. countries, which means for a TV show, there's a, a UK Home and Away game, an Australian Home and Away game, which are completely different games, like totally different games. Because of course you, you're licensing the show and then coming up with some excuse to whack it on the box. I wonder which one has better gameplay. Apparently the UK one, right? It's, yeah, and apparently the, the Buffy games, the US version's really good. The UK one's terrible. It's it's. This, oh. is, this is coming from uh, BoardGameGeek.com, which I've been using for a lot of lot of research. The, um, the UK Home and Away game says, Who broke the church windows? Who sank Alf's boat? Your friends at Summer Bay are being blamed for a series of nasty acts, but they are innocent. Can you prove it? Apparently it's like Cluedo, but with Alf in it. <laughs> um, I kill me. But that some, Alf? But is some, it that Alf? Actually, that Alf also has his own board game. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's on my list here of, of, of some of the ones that I didn't expect to have board games, but I also put a comedy company as a board game. It's just an Australian ones here. Uh, Gladiators, It's a Knockout, Getaway, Perfect Match, and one of my favourites, Beyond 2000, had its own board game. Um, and from the box here, players attempt to reach the central portion of the board where they compete to become the first to gain control of the future. Oh. I don't remember Beyond 2000 <laughs> involving much of people trying to control the future. So that, that was Beyond 2000. That was... Uh, not, uh, that was after that Towards, uh, yeah. towards so 2000. So that was when they moved to, to Channel 7 yeah, already. Towards 2000 ABC, so that would just be a couple of yeah, manky kind of soggy cardboard pieces. And Actually, there was an ABC game from 1973 called The Farming Game, which is based on an ABC panel show that was designed to teach new farming techniques. Oh. Doesn't that sound interesting? <laughs> Um, but some of the ones I didn't expect were Spinning Image. There was a Spinning Image board game, um, which I read the instructions of and could not comprehend. Um, Heidi High had a board game. <laughs> Home Improvement has a board game where you have to try and increase the equity of your house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that sound interesting, kids? Let's play the Home Improvement But it also game. just misses the entire point of the show. <laughs> I know, I know. There's, there's a Family Ties board game that I, I have, but I've never opened. Which yeah, I'm looking forward. I think we should play it as a box cutter's experience and, uh, and let people know. And I've also got the uh, At The Movies home game. Uh, board game and uh, it's terrible gameplay. Terrible yeah, well, this gameplay. is the thing. Judging from board game geek, most TV themed board games are terrible. They just because, of course, you're you're licensing a popular thing and then just desperately shoving a game onto it. So, for example, the "Are You Being Served" game um, has this definition of gameplay. Does it come with a pussy? Uh, well, I, someone I, I did find someone who played this. He said, disappointingly, you don't get to play any of the characters. You just get to play a a 
random Grace Brothers employee. But the objective is try to secure as much inventory for the Grace Brothers department store as you can. Acquire garment cards for your department. Hurrah! (laughs) No. (laughs) Doesn't that sound great? And certainly better than the On the Buses game or Murder She Wrote. (laughs) (laughs) ITN News at 10. That's my favourite. ITN News at 10 (laughs) board board game. game. It was a board game in which you had to collect stories to make up a news broadcast uh, of six different categories, including current affairs, royal, human interest, and, and finally, which presumably is something involving pandas. (laughs) <laughs> as, yes, as it's traditional yes, for, yes, you know. that, that makes sense that makes sense uh, so that's, uh, that's board games you can find out a lot more about what John reckoned about board games at atlantinstitute.wordpress.com coming up yes and, and I should also point out Sale of the Century game if, you, if you're looking for a copy of Sale of the Century game I found several in the op shops of Coburg um, <laughs> we suspect Sale of the Century you know how everyone gets a copy so basically yes. Two thirds of the copies out there are from people who lost on Sale of the Century and who it drives into a bitter rage. Yeah, and I actually know people who bought the Sale of the Century uh, board game. And, uh, you know, back when I was in grade six, I went over to their house, played it, uh, and went, oh, this is, this is crap because you own the game and all the questions are just in this book that you've memorised. It does say in the rules, though, don't memorise all the questions. It seriously does. It seriously says, please do not memorise all the questions in the book. I should also point out the young talent time instructions, the rules, they do not trust the intelligence of the person buying that game. It's feature, it features great lines like, um, the scorer must keep scores throughout the game. They will need a pen. <laughs> Rather than just fingers. Rather than dead. Don't use your fingers. So, uh, Don't do it in your head. We, we look forward to that. Outlandinstitute.wordpress.com if you want to uh, find out a little bit more. And I'll post the Hi, to- this is television Scott Brennan. Apparently there's no N in box cutter. This is the box cutters. Boardgamegeek.com. Board so on rude, the, uh, that Scott Brennan. I know. He's just so interrupting rude. all the time. Anyway, there'll be, there'll be a whole lot of links. And I, I don't know if you've uh, noticed on the blog at boxcutters.net, but uh, we've been putting links to uh, our delicious feed where uh, we're collecting basically uh, all the stories that we, uh, we talk about during the week and putting them up there as links yep. when, uh, when we remember. Mm. Uh, but usually, yes, usually you can just go to delicious.com slash boxcutters slash and then the episode number to find out a little bit more about that episode uh, and the stories we covered, etc., etc., etc. Hey, Louis Thoreau, or Theroux. Theroux, I believe. Like looking through the window. Yes, it's. I I, I was uh, astounded to watch an old episode of of uh, a Louis through documentary recently, and uh, and discovered that he was saying his name wrong the whole time because <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt Thoreau. Yeah, uh, but it's through. Uh, you may have seen his stuff on Monday nights on Channel Seven uh, at around about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, whenever Glenn Robbins decides slot. to get off the <laughs> yes. television. Uh, the uh, the the thing is, he he does BBC documentaries where he goes to uh, encounters people in jobs or living scenarios that the rest of us probably find a a little bit counterculture just a, a little bit not the way we would uh live our lives if we had the choice he goes and investigates those people last week uh, he did uh, the search for michael jackson and uh, the, the very tragic story that he and martin Bashir and david frost were all 
trying to get interviews with Michael Jackson at around the same time in 2002, and uh, and Uri Geller decided that Bashir should be the person to interview. Did Uri Geller make it, that decision? It, Uri Geller made that decision. Wow. Because uh, they're old friends. Right. Yeah, Yuri yeah. Geller and Michael Jackson are old friends. And, uh, <laughs> Not Yuri Geller and, and Martin Bashir. No. Right. I thought you were going with that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, Yuri Geller's given, given it to Martin Bashir and, uh, and Louis Thoreau uh, is just ropeable that he hasn't got it, but ropeable in, in the way that he appears not to be really phased at all. He's, I think he's, he's an amazing documentary host because he goes into these situations and basically just lets people keep talking until they talk themselves into a hole and make the point that he himself is trying to make. I find him really, really watchable. I, I, lo- I love mm. his stuff. I, I'm always curious to know what he's really like, because I'm assuming it's faux naive and not actually naive. Mm. But you know, he has an amazing persona where he'll just, like you're saying, he'll just wait. He'll wait for them to talk. And then people will. People will tell him things that they'll never tell anyone else. And it's just amazing seeing them open up to... Yeah, and, and then when, when they do tell him something that uh, he thinks the audience wouldn't expect, or he thinks that the person he's speaking to really, you know, can't honestly believe what they're saying. All he'll do is repeat it back to them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, seeing their reactions. It's it's a lot about the human reactions that, that we get through discovering what kind of people we actually are. I also know I've never understood how he gets access to these places. Like, he did the one about the West, uh, Westboro Baptist Church, which is the God Hates Fags people. Mm. Yes. An astonishing bit of work in which he just hangs out with them. And you can see him desperately trying to make some connection with these people and, and just never being able to quite find a way in. But they allowed him to film them, you know, for weeks from the look of it. And it was just... And there's a brilliant one where he goes to a, a brothel in, in just how was Nevada. Nevada, 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 just outside Reno. It's a beautiful piece. It's so interesting. The people are really interesting. And again, they've just let him film what he wants. And it just amazes me, that sort of open-ended you know, approach. I, I, I was astounded. There's uh, this one episode called Louis and the Nazis mm-hmm. where he joins with uh, with some neo-Nazis for several months. And and these things take several months. I mean, he, he really spends yeah, they're, a they're long not cheap. time. I mean, these are, it's funny when you watch these, they're so, uh, they're obviously expensive. Like, there's international travel involved for a start, but then time. They, 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 he, allows, he allows himself, they allow him so much time to just film them. And, and access. And uh, the great thing about this Michael Jackson one that was on uh, last week was he had all this access, but it was the first time we really saw people telling him to turn the camera off. Okay. And, uh, and uh, that was astounding. Like, I kind of felt offended that this guy was saying turn the camera off because that meant that this man was trying to dictate what I had access to, even though I'm just sitting on my couch watching it on a Monday night. It's, uh, it, it's an extraordinary bit of, uh, of documentary making as far as television documentary goes, you know, I, I don't think it's great uh, all-round documentary. It is a lot about Louis. It, he, it, he's been criticised a lot, especially in the UK. There's been, there's been quite a bit of criticism over the years for for that whole faux naive thing. He's done quite a few shows where, um, well, not quite a few, but he did a few where he's, he's gone and lived with celebrities for, for like a week or something. There was one with um, uh, a great loved English 
children's host who I've completely forgotten the name of. And <clears throat> and Widcombe? No, no, no. She was not. She, she was a, a, a Tory politician. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Actually, no, not Tory politician. Oh, I have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. Um, uh, the host of Jim will fix it. Whose name is completely gone from my mind. And that one, I remember him being attacked. People thought he was being cruel because he was sort of manipulating, you know, a man who, who possibly wasn't able to respond. You know, right. But I don't know. But he shows it is. I mean, you know, he doesn't make people say things. They just. Jimmy Seville. Yes. Jimmy Seville. Jimmy Seville, in fact. Seville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there has, there has been some criticism of him, but I, I think he's quite genuine. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting. I mean, I, he can't be that naive. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he can have gotten to where he is and, and really be that naive. I don't think that's genuine. But I think uh, he's he's genuinely interested. I think in he's getting, interested in, them. That's in why, getting yeah. the answers out of these people. Like even, even in the Westboro Church, when I, I don't think he wanted to. I think he honestly wanted to just to work out why they thought the way they did. I think that's what he wanted to know. And I, I hear my not knowing that. Like uh, we still didn't get any further into their into their mindset. Yeah, but he's he's not there to be antagonistic. Which no, I, no, no. Uh, which I think is a really interesting take because a lot of the time you're thinking, well, these are soft targets. Uh, and he's doing a, 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 largely he's doing what Ruby Wax has done a lot uh, in a, a very similar way, except that Ruby tries to be antagonistic when mm, she, she does she's it. She's setting people up, yeah. I think, with a lot of stuff. I also think she's actually really good at making docos, but she is deliberately trying to place people in these situations. Whereas he's he's kind of letting it happen, like he's yeah, or at least that's the way it seems, which you know means. That it is a, a really remarkable bit of television. If you get a chance, this Monday night, uh, the uh, Channel Seven is showing one called. Uh, well, according to uh, according to the guide, this is according to uh, Yahoo Seven guide. Uh, Louis and Louis Thoreau and the Pornographers, which is also on uh, yourtv.com.au. Right. Yep. Uh, so Louis Thoreau and the Pornographers. If you want to yep. get a, a really good uh, understanding, there aren't many of these specials, and. Uh, we missed out on talking about them the first time that uh, Channel 7 showed a bunch of them. Uh, and the ones that they're showing now are from, like, 2002, 2003. So he hasn't done a lot of them, but he will be doing more, we hope. Uh, and if you manage to get your hands on uh, any of the others, the uh, the most hated family on earth, which is the, the Baptist church one, that's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely Absolutely extraordinary. So if you can get them on DVD or, or whatever, give it a go. Larry Postman, I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. We had a uh, couple of text messages sent to 0458. But Doctor. Oh, and can I just add, I've forgotten who added the comment on the blog, but someone put that beautiful that link to the, to the IT crowd, the episode where they've changed the phone number for emergency <laughs> services, pointing out that that, and that is exactly, you are exactly right, that is what it sounds like when now, Josh Ganahl reads out a phone number. Now I understand. So from now on, <laughs> I will only ever refer to the number as 0458-CUTTER or 0458-BUTT-DOCTOR. And the other two can read out the bloody number. <laughs> and, and yes, and do have a look at last week's comments uh, if you yes. haven't already watched that clip. It's the, uh, the, the comments to episode 154. Uh, 
the uh, we we got a, a text in from uh, last time we said his name was it's it rocks because that seemed <laughs> yes, to be the signature right. for, yes. from the text. Yes. Have you seen the promo for, for Lost Season 4? It rocks. It rocks. Thanks, it rocks. Uh, well, uh, he, uh, he replied and said uh, we can call him Paddy. He doesn't believe that a trailer is a spoiler, but it is some kind of content for us fans to mull over in our wait for Lost. Lost is my favourite show and can't wait to see how it all plays out. Well, same... And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, you don't, you don't think it's... I mean, this is the whole thing that you started us on, John, which is what does constitute a spoiler? I, yes, because I, I feel some people get too precious about it, and that's, that's my question. Although, I, the funny thing is, and this, uh, the example I can think of is um, uh, in The Sixth Sense, I have a real problem with the fact that the ad for The Sixth Sense tells us it's about a kid who can see dead people walking around like regular people. That's what the film's about. The film takes 40 minutes to get to that point. And so you're there in the audience going, well, I know what the film's about. It's about a kid who sees dead people. So can we get to that bit and then move on with the rest of the film? Because yeah. to me, that's the definition of what the film is. So like, yeah, to me, that's not a spoiler, but it did mean I spent 40 minutes of the film waiting for it to kind of catch up to where I was. So I think it's actually, in some ways, it's the film makers and, and TV show you know, makers. Like, it's hard to put a surprise into a show if that's also what the show is about kind of thing. And yep. And you do have to advertise these things. You have to know that they're going to be advertised at some point. Oh, yeah. So I think the spoilerism comes in if, if, yeah, yeah, if the trailer includes the end of the film or yeah, that sort of thing. But surely the trailer in itself cannot be a spoiler. That is, that is my, my and, feeling. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm kind of a, a fairly unique case in that I, I know if I want to see something, regardless of, of what the trailer is like, I will look at who's in it. I will look at who's made it. I will look at uh, what the buzz has been about it, and I'll give things a go. Like, I, my time for, for watching. I, I've got dedicated watching time okay. that, that I'm not precious about. I'll watch anything mm-hmm. in that time, but I'm going to watch it. So, don't tell me what's going to happen in it, because I want to sit there and experience it as a whole. I don't want to know anything about it before I go in. But you still need to know that it exists, though, don't you, Josh? So how do you find out? How do you find out that it's, that it's there for you to see? Uh, well, I, I know that it exists, but I haven't seen any images. So for me, uh, images, stills, can be spoilers from a show. Okay. It's, uh, you know, I'm quite pedantic. That's harsh. That is, yeah. That's hardcore. But that's, that is... but that's me. I, I wouldn't expect anyone else to consider that to be a spoiler. If someone shows me an image... From uh, f- from a show that I was unprepared for, I'm not going to knock them out over. Go, oh, it's a spoiler! <laughs> You've ruined, You've ruined it for me. I'll just you know die a little bit inside. But <laughs> uh, and, and also, and that you know, when it comes to this show, yes, there there are things that I'm going to talk about that uh, sometimes I might consider to to be a spoiler personally, but I know that the general public wouldn't consider it a spoiler. So, so you'll die a little inside, but they'll be all right. But they'll be fine. Okay, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for for our listeners. But yeah, but it rocks. He wants to watch that that series four. Yeah, or, or Patty, both but, of them, both, both of Patty them. and it rocks. Want to watch the season four promo because five. season five because they want you know it's a new thing, it's exciting, it's a bit of information. Well, and it's and it's the only thing between last uh, July mm. and next February that that he's going to get. You know, it's it's a little bit of. 
oh, keep me hanging See, on. So Paddy's getting more excitement out of Lost than you are because he's getting this little little blip now with the promo, and then he gets to be excited all over again when the shows go on. Whereas you're actually denying yourself the excitement. No, I'm going. I'm going right back now. and watching all the old episodes of Lost, <laughs> and uh, and getting through so I can uh, I can be up to up to date again and have it all fresh in my mind for when it comes back in February. That's just me, though. That's great. That's the way I roll. Um, what else did we get? We got we got anything else? No. Uh, well, uh, K- Kerry wrote in on the blog. I thought you were going to. Okay. Yes, it it is that Kerry. That's it. That's all she wrote. Oh, yes, she said yes. Yeah. Firstly, it is that Kerry. Hello, it, Kerry. It is that Kerry. And uh, if you want to email us, you can hooray at boxcutters.net. Oh, or- we, we also got that, that question. Someone asked if there were T-shirts available. Boxcutters oh, T-shirts. Yes. And I'm interesting. And I, I kind of, yeah. I mean. That once upon a time, there were some very bad T-shirts. Not design-wise, but the quality wasn't great. Okay. Uh, we, we got them. They're uh, not still out there? Oh, you can still get them, but I'm not putting any links up on the uh, <laughs> right. on the I, blog. I, mean, I would be curious to know if, if listeners would be interested in t-shirts. Well, yeah, and just they, as, a, as a kind of general and vibe. The, the t-shirts we had used the old logo as well. Yes. So we don't have any t-shirts with the new logo on them. But but you know, if you're putting a comment on the blog, just let us know too. In theory, well, yeah, we're not we're not holding you. It's no commitment. Yeah, just, but just yeah. t-shirt, yes, t-shirt, no. Yeah, you know. It's a good game. It's a great game. It's a great game. I'm looking at a board game based on Lost, actually. You know, the, uh, the board the game, the, the squares are all random and stuff happens and you don't know what it means and it takes you years. <laughs> it's going to be a great game. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Hooray at boxcutters.net if you want to uh, email us or leave a comment on the blog at boxcutters.net or you can text us 0458 cutter. Okay, question three. Which can I- All these going to be about war. No. I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay. Question three: Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Actually, the end of my last game happens before the beginning, because time oh. travel's involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Nice. Yeah. Well, because time seems to be irrelevant. Seems oh. to be irrelevant. Yeah. So the middle of the game actually happens after you finish the game, but like yeah, months later. I'm so. <laughs> this week's quiz question is: Do you know the rules? To John's <laughs> lost game. game. Yes. And draw a picture of what you think the box looks like. Yeah. No. <laughs> the winner of the, well, the quiz that's been running for the last two weeks, uh, which was a name that tune. Oh, well done, people. Yeah. Wow. Well done. We got two correct two, entries. Two correct entries. It was, it's a hard one. It was a hard one. I, I, I do apologize. Because when was the last time that show actually appeared here in, a, in Australia? <laughs> oh, 81, maybe? Right. Yeah. I don't know. The answer was Quark. Yes, it was a theme to Quark. Uh, which uh, one, one of our entrants uh, informed us starred Richard Benjamin. Which it did. Quite yes. true. Quite true. Uh, the answer, the, answer the, the winner to this week's quiz question is Riley. Congratulations, Riley. Well Dang. done, Riley. You've won yourself a crumpler digit, which is a, a pouch. Oh, oh, there it is. There's the theme tune. Uh, it's like a space disco. Uh, it's a it's a pouch that should fit a, a small digital camera. It's a space disco on a Tuesday night, though, isn't it? It's quite empty. This space disco. Uh, it is very it is very empty. There's it's a, a bit couple. Sad. Couple of people who are on the edge of the dance floor, but not quite dancing. Yeah, yep. and there's an alien green lady who's drinking a bit too much at the bar, and will probably start crying soon. Yeah, poor, <laughs> poor alien lady. Poor, poor alien poor lady. Poor alien lady. So yes, that's the theme tune to Quark. 
uh, which uh, you can get on DVD. John, uh, yeah, it came out um, about a month ago, I believe, in Region One, Region One only. Um, so uh, you can get, get on it, but with uh, with the exchange rate the way it is, pr- it would cost you five hundred dollars. Wait, um, mm. should warn you, there is a bit of a thought quirk. Maybe one of those shows that was better in your mind than it actually is when you watch it again. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I had that. I had that experience recently with HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> yes, oh. one of those shows you remember being really good. Oh, I remembered it being so good, and I could not get through it. <laughs> Could not get through it. So, but if if you do want to uh, w- want to watch Clark, it is available on uh, DVD. And congratulations, Riley. We'll be in touch uh, about how you can receive your digit sporty guy from Crumpler. Indeed. And this week's uh, quiz is a uh, Crumpler mystery bag. Mm. Which is not a bag filled oh, with no. Crumpler stuff. No, no, no. Oh, or a bag full of mystery. A bag, ooh, a bag full of mystery. What's that? It's someone's head. How did it get in there? I don't know. I don't it's know. some mystery. Someone call Monk. Damn you, Crumpler. <laughs> but no, just because uh, I've, I, I'm so organised today and uh, feeling healthy, uh, I just didn't uh, bring in this week's prize, but I shall put a posting <laughs> of it on the uh, on the blog. Well, so what's the, out, what's the question? But look, it's got a Crumpler logo on it, so it's still worth getting. That's the point. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, well, the, the question's a, uh, a bit of a callback to the Young Talentine board game. Yes, our celebrity quiz asking question person. It's Johnny Young himself. And he's here to ask you this question. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. By rubbing their noses together? <laughs> Is that the answer? <laughs> I must say, after the last few weeks of making it very hard, this week's kind of Wikipedia friendly. So, yes, here's Johnny Young to ask you your question. You're going to have to think quickly for this one. In five seconds, name any four members of the Young Talent Team. Starting now. But no, you do only have five seconds. <laughs> yes, you have to type your answer in. Time's up. Oh, sorry. No one wins. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cheat at home. Make sure you do type your answer in within four seconds. We know we're not there, but you're only cheating yourself. Or look it up in Wikipedia and give us the answer. Uh, and, uh, and there is one person who I will not consider to be a member of the Young Talent and team. And who is that? That is Johnny Young. If Johnny Young is part of your answer, you will not have a correct answer. That's harsh. No crumpler for anyone putting Johnny Young as one of the four members of the Young Talent Team. Yes. I love that. We're not even specifying when. It's four members it's just four across members. like you know, 17 years or whatever it was. But that We've mentioned three on this show. Yeah. Don't put Evie Hayes down. She was a judge. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Did your mother help you make that dress? <laughs> yes. Yes. I often think that. I, I go through life. I think, what would Evie say in this situation? And it's always, did your mother you help me make that stress? dress? No use at all, Evie. No use. <laughs> you can email your answers to hooray at box, boxcutters.net. It's, oh, it's, it's been a long show. Hooray at boxcutters.net or uh, send us a text uh, with your name and location to 0458. Cutter by 4pm on Monday the 10th of November. Hey, um, when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters pod cast done pork is on the table brett you look like you've got some pork uh no actually well i do (laughs) all right 
the uh, city of Port Phillip in The weird Melbourne. thing is that Brett does look like he's got some pork. He just doesn't have any. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, so check out the, 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 you know, the it, video. It's concealed pork. The video podcast, <laughs> and you'll see the look on Brett's face. <laughs> oh, someone called Border Security. <laughs> uh, the uh, city of Port Phillip uh, have... Do you remember three years ago, it, strangely in the same week, that Graham Kennedy died, mm-hmm. City of Port Phillip decided to put a plaque on Graham Kennedy's old house in Nelson Street in Balaclava. No, I don't remember that. No, because no, you yeah. don't remember anything from this show. Bro. I don't remember that either, but I'm going with it. Yeah. I believe you. It's true. You sounded convincing. It's tiny. It's a tiny little plaque. It's about right. 20 centimetres long. It's it's covered by foliage and fencing. and <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not a great... Uh, kind of accolade to, to a, a man who gave us so much joy on television. Oh, yeah, this is where he lived. Uh, and the house is, you know, quite likely to be demolished sometimes because it is a, an old weatherboard house and uh, and that's what happens uh, when see Port Phillip just give out planning permits whenever they like. But people have started talking about a Graham Kennedy statue okay. in Balaclava. Mm-hmm. And uh, now councillors coming up for election in the city of Port Phillip are using that as leverage to try to get votes, saying, if elected onto council, my first move will be to put forward the motion that uh, we have a statue to Graham Kennedy. But there's more than one person doing this? Is this what you're saying? Uh, at the moment, well, a, a so are, we, are, they, are they competing on size? I will make it bigger than my <laughs> learned colleague. Well, no, this, uh, uh, according to the uh, uh, the Port Phillip leader, and it's mm-hmm. a, it's a really interesting thing going on in Port Phillip at the moment because uh, there is a, a a new political group that's come up and wants to get rid of all the old council members for for good reasons. Right. But then the, uh, the the whole triangle the whole side, triangle right. thing. If if you look I'd be up, surprised if anybody survived. Yeah, and if, they, you, and if they... you look up St Kilda Triangle on uh, on Google, you'll you'll find out all about it. But one of the uh, one of the people who are uh, who are coming in from that same from the party who so is this the group Unchained St Kilda Unchained St Kilda, but they're not the people who want to do the the Graham Kennedy statue. Ah. Uh, the people who are currently in council they want, want to do the Graham, Graham Kennedy statue because so that's, that's the only thing that they can offer people that they think they might power. like. Yes, is we'll put up a, a statue of Graham Kennedy. Right. Yes, a closeted tonight show host. We will build. Yes, <laughs> they will come. Yeah, that's a yeah. It's uh, it's extraordinary and strange. It's it's strange. That's where I live. Thanks. Right, Absolutely. I've got um, one more very quick piece of pork I forgot to say before. John McCain appeared this week on Saturday Night Live. So that's the... Um, hopefully by the time you've heard this, he's lost the American election. I'm really hoping. Um, John McCain appeared with Tina Fey playing her Sarah Palin character. Um, it's a fascinating bit of footage because... I mean, McCain, brilliant. Very, very funny. Extremely funny delivery on, on the material. Um, and... Yeah, Tina Fey doing some quite savage anti-Palin yeah, stuff in there and him just standing next to her and smiling. As, as if he's given up. As if he has given up all hope of winning this election and is now yeah trying to divest himself of any responsibility for Palin in the first place. Maybe that's how I read it. But it was, it, it's, it's a surprising bit of footage. So we'll put a link um, from, from the, the site as well. That's great. 
And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 155. I want to say thanks very much to James Talia for calling in all the way from London Town. Thanks also to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors. You can find them on the web at crumpler.com.au. And 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Check them out on the web at rrr.org.au. They are the greatest radio station in the world. 102.7 on the FM band if you're in Melbourne and surrounding areas. If you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net or text us 0458-CUTTER. Also, uh, thank you to everyone who's been filling out the survey on the blog. Uh, We have been putting the the survey up as a link with every episode. If you haven't yet, it is really helping us get a good understanding of who our listeners are and how to make the show better for our listeners. So please fill in the survey and help us out. Until next week. Have I forgotten anything? No. No. Until next week. My name. Is Josh Canal. I'm Joe Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Kind of different that time, but same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.